You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. With me on the phone this evening is Leslie Jane Seymour, and Leslie is the CEO and founder of the Covey Club, Uh, The Covey Club is a resource and networking platform for women over the age of 40. And Leslie also was the former editor-in-chief for both Marie Claire and Moore Magazine. And she's going to be joining me in just a moment. Uh, Be sure to stay with us always during the breaks where you'll hear from our watch team, our expert team of on-air contributors who will be bringing you some valuable and up-to-date information on your health, education, finance, technology, Law, Leadership, and Diversity. Uh, Our watch team is uh, a group of women, all leaders in their field, and they're also sponsors of the show. Uh, I'm also excited to share that the numbers are in and our audience is continuing to grow, and I'd love to hear from you. So be sure to reach out to me at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T, with suggestions for the show, questions for any of our upcoming guests, uh, and also to connect with our watch team members. So now I'm excited to welcome to this show again, Leslie Jane Seymour, the founder of Covey Club. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you, and I know how busy your schedule is these days, especially as an entrepreneur. Uh, right. Uh, we're going to talk. Oh we're going to talk a little bit about that, um, uh-huh. the, the highs and the lows. Uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about, because I'm always um, fascinated by people who, as young 
uh, children moved around at the rate that you did. And I say that because I, you know, was born and raised here and I'm still here uh-huh. <laughs> in Philadelphia. Yeah. So we, never, we didn't have a choice. You know, I was my dad was in the Navy. He was a doctor in the Navy. And in the olden days, back in the day, in the Pleistocene era when I was born, it was not like it is today where if, you know, the kids are still in school, the one parent stays behind and waits. Mm-hmm. In those old days, it was madmen. They just took you. I remember I was taken off the, you're going to laugh. I was taken off this stage in the middle of a baton recital when I was like <laughs> 10. Oh, no. And so we had to move to St. Louis from uh, new wherever we were, New Jersey at the time. And it was devastating. And the big, I still feel the anxiety of talking to my mother about whether I should tell the instructor that I was going to disappear for the last show part oh, or not. Oh, my gosh. Just horrible anxiety. But oh. this was, this is how it was. You know, children were just the tagalongs. They were not the precious cargo that we treat our children with today so (laughs) and what it does somebody said to me it's really interesting because I I grew up um, changing venues every two and a half years and someone said to me that's why you're so friendly oh there you go I think they're right I think they're right I mean I had to I literally in another another horror show I had to walk into class it was like you know second grade or first grade I can't remember in St. Louis on Valentine's Day and so everybody comes comes in, and the teacher makes you stand up front and goes, "Here's the new girl. Can everybody give you give her one of your valentines?" And you see everybody kind of go, "Oh, let me find the really ugly one." <laughs> or we don't even girl. know her. I don't know if no. I like her yet. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so that's it. It forms you, and mm-hmm. um, I think that is. And ironically, Covey Club is all about bringing women together and making connections. So there you go. Yeah. A good question. Well, I'm assuming it also, um, you know, contributed to your ability to just to new places and new people. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? And I get really bored um, uh, if I stay in the same place all the time, too. And I think that's it, though. Ironically, when we because we moved around so much. Um, we stayed in our house um, once our kids were born for it's now 23 years, and we've got to figure out what we're going to do next. Mm. And the irony is um, my daughter was born, you know, and we moved in two days before she was born in the house, um, and she's lived there her whole life. And because of social media, these guys are like, i got to get out of this town. Like, everybody's known me since I was, you know, nursery school. It's awful. <laughs> and I'm like – isn't it wonderful? You didn't have to remake all your friends every two years, you know. That's and right. But they have a very different point of view on it because remember that you were the, you know, if you were the kid with acne or you know that size when you were in second grade, no one forget. That's right. Well, so, so tell me, how did you deal with the anxiety of, you know, that constant moving around? You just become an Uber extrovert, I think. I mean, uh, you know, I guess, I mean, I probably in your personality to start with, but um, I love connecting people. I love meeting new people. I get my energy from that. Okay. So it worked for my personality. I suppose if somebody was a super introvert, it would have been just horrific. I bet. Yes. And you know what? I've had women on the show who are, are more 
introverts and um, they had that experience. And oh, is so, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be really tough. Really tough. So but tell it me- also it, it also made me um, adaptable to change, um, and I like change. And you know, in, in this day crazy day that we live, where change is coming at you from every side, especially in business, um, it's. It's a good thing. Yeah. You know what? Let, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead to a question because sure. you, you mentioned social media. And uh, I have a quote here. You said, when I left Marie Claire in 2006, readers had no way to find me. And 10 years right. later, through social media, um, you received hundreds of notes from readers yes. asking yes. you to do something else. So that's yes. the good side of social media. That's yes. the ability to connect. What, yes. what do, what's the downside in, in both... Um, you know, the the print industry and now in the work that you're doing today, if there is any downside or do you only well, see it as a positive? It, well, no, no. I mean, I, again, I'm an uber extrovert. I don't mind putting myself out there. Um, I, you know, I have fairly thick skin. Um, so it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I, I like it. The only problem is, is that it's another job. Managing your social media as an entrepreneur is a whole entire job. That's why you know, today you can hire people to do that for mm-hmm. you. I do it myself because I like it, I enjoy it, and I'm bootstrapping, so I don't have, I don't have a lot of people working for me. But it is a, it's a job, and you can no longer decide you're just not going to do it, especially if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. It is and a lot of work, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's exhausting, and you're always on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy the connectivity. I enjoy all that. And occasionally you'll get some turkey out there saying horrible things. Knock on wood, I have not had a horrible experience. I'm sure down the road it'll come, but um, I try to make it very clear on my social media pages that, you know, because I, I ask tough questions and I like people to have, to have discussions. And I tell people, if you're going to do name calling or cursing or anything like that, you get kicked out of my page. So. There you go. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. Uh, yep. Listen, we're going to take a, a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about your years at the boarding school at Dana Hall. Yeah. You're listening to Women to Watch. I'm speaking with Leslie Jane Seymour. Stay with us for our Diversity Watch with Hanadi Shehabadeen. We'll be right back. Think of a loved one. Close your eyes and picture them. You can almost see their face, almost smell their scent, imagine them in their favorite spot, doing their favorite thing. When our heart adores someone, our world starts rotating around this person. We see the world through their eyes and everything related to this person becomes sacred. Whether it's the time we spend with them, the things they love, or even their belongings become so precious to us. Muslims look at their relation with God as a sacred one. They don't just glorify him, but they also glorify everything that relates to him. The books he sent down, the prophets he sent out, the mosques in which his name is mentioned, and the acts of worship he loves seeing performed. Quote, and whoever reverences the symbols of God, this surely is the devotion of the hearts, end quote. This verse from chapter 22 in the Quran suggests that pure love has ways to manifest in actions. Christians and Jews are referred to as the people of the book in the Quran and hold a high status in the eyes of Muslims because they are people who believe in God and have received divine scriptures. 
Muslims are required to treat the people of the book with kindness. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, whoever harms a person of the book has harmed me. For Muslims, any offense against God or the symbols of God is a very serious issue and causes emotional pain. Any humiliating comment against his prophets, be it Jesus, Moses, Abraham, or Muhammad, peace be upon them all, is more offensive than a slur directed to them personally. Though severely hurt and angered, Muslims need to abide by lawful ways to object to those offenses. This is Hanadi. Connect with me on HanadiSpeaksOut.com. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Hi, this is Terry McDermott. And this is Maggie Carrado from Fortis Wealth. And we're your finance watch team. Last week, we discussed how studies have shown that men's investment results often lag those achieved by women. One study by neuroscientist John Coates indicates that one of the reasons may be pure biology, which leads men to take more risks when the markets rise and overreact when markets slide. Other studies have shown that women may make less money when the market is going up, but they may also lose less when it moves down. Those same studies, particularly one conducted by Vanguard, have shown that women tend to be less aggressive than men when it comes to investing. There are various arguments why this is so, including the fear of losing money. Critics argue that women need to be more aggressive. Why? Statistically, in the United States, they have a longer life expectancy than men and will need to pay for basic expenses for a longer time. They can also expect to experience higher medical expenses during that longer lifespan, and their money simply needs to last longer. Being aggressive does not mean buying the latest hot stocks or even using over-sophisticated strategies. It does mean increasing your exposure to different types of equities or stocks as opposed to bonds and cash. Historically, stocks earn a higher return than other asset classes and increase the likelihood that your money will grow faster than the rate of inflation. So ladies, when you are making investment decisions, continue doing what studies show many of you are already doing right taking a long-term view, being patient, and utilizing a buy-and-hold strategy. The bottom line is, don't try to outsmart the market. Instead, let the market's long-term upward trend go to work on your behalf. This is Terry. And this is Maggie. And we're your Finance Watch team. Peace out. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm joined this evening by Leslie Jane Seymour, the founder and CEO of Covey Club. And uh, we were just talking a little bit about um, Leslie's background and the ins and outs of social media. One of the, I wanted to take you back to your years in boarding school at Dana Hall and yeah. Wesley. Tell me what that was like for you. Was that a good experience? Is it something you look back and, and think that was where I was meant to be? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. It came to me 
through a negative thing. My dad got divorced and remarried to a woman who really did not want to have a kid around. And um, she was British. And so her idea was that, you know, you should be sent off to boarding school, which was kind of horrifying Hmm. um, for a kid who was trying to get over a divorce um, with her parents. Mm -hmm. And um, but in the end, the irony is when I found Dana Hall, where I'm now a trustee, um, it was my family. It became my family. And to this day, all those people that I grew up with uh, at school um, are still like family. And, you know, 40 years later, I can see them anywhere. And it's still like my sisters and, you know, it's family. And the irony is I threw a big event for Armani Cosmetics at Bloomingdale's. And I looked down the list of um, people who signed up for it. And there were four people from Dana Hall. Oh, wow. Who came. That's and, awesome. You know, that was so touching. Mm. And, you know, it's it. that's what happens. And my daughter ended up going to boarding school just because she wanted a smaller environment. And um, she is, you know, those are her lifelong friends as well. It just happens that way for you. Mm-hmm. And the bummer is college is kind of a letdown because it's like been there, done that. Like, what are you getting so excited about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so it, it was an all girls boarding school? Yes. Okay. All girls. And back in the day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There well, were no co-ed schools when I started. The year after I started, they started doing co-ed schools. Well, listen, there's, you know, my daughter went to an all girls high school and uh, there's something really special about that, um, that constant messaging, you know, of leadership and strive for your dreams and you can do anything, you know? Absolutely. I would not be the leader that I am today if I had not, if I'd gone to a co-ed school my whole life, I would have sat in the back and been worried about whether you know my lipstick was on right right honestly I was yeah. I was one of those girls who was on the borderline like there's some girls who are going to be who they are no matter what mm-hmm. and but not me I would have been too intimidated um I it really made the difference in who I am today and not surprisingly all the industries that I have subsequently done very well in are all women primarily women's industries, yeah. though often, sadly, run by men at the very tippy top where the money is. Well, right. And so here here you are with this ability to really understand women, what they're looking yes. for, what they need, and, and being yes. able to relate. Tell me, what was your very first job out of Duke? Well, the irony is, hilariously, I, I got a job stringing for Women's Wear Daily while I was at Duke. And that's totally hilarious. I wanted to be a writer. And I was at Duke um, studying science at the time and English as a sub major. And I met the uh, the Washington Post fashion editor. And I said to her, I just love clothes. I have this weird, strange issue where I can tell you every moment in my life by what I wore. (laughs) I'm not a designer. I don't, you know, I couldn't do anything like that. I can't draw I just have this weird memory of clothing, and I love clothing, and it's fun. And so she hooked me up with Women's Wear Daily, which is the kind of um, industry uh, rat. We call it a rag sheet for the industry. And um, she then uh, got me to see those people, and I ended up – they gave me assignments while I was down at Duke, and hilariously – 
um, I got them published. So I was publishing there and then I got, I literally got on the plane after graduation and started working at women's wear and they threw me out on seventh Avenue. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but again, you know, having, having had to figure it all out many times as a kid, I just jumped out there and started covering the junior market. Mm. And I, to this day, I have friends from those days, those early days. I mean, and you have to understand, I was the person who covered all the club scene because no one wanted to go out. I mean, you know, I was 20 years old. I'd do a whole day at work, and then they'd send me out to cover Bianca Jagger jumping out of the cake at Halston's <laughs> birthday party at Studio 54. Was and that exciting those, or intimidating? Uh, both. I didn't know what I was looking at. I had no idea what or- I was doing. And I would come in the next morning. I kept a bottle of Pepto-Bismol in my drawer. I'd swig <laughs> my, biz, my Pepto-Bismol and write my copy. And I mean, and I, I mean, I did, I did everything. I met, you know, Nuriev at the ballet. I met um, Sting at the Mud Club. I mean, it was completely insane. You've met a, you have, I mean, I want to, you have met a lot of notables, you know, yes. and of course, you know, I wouldn't want to interview you and not ask um, sure. what you took away from the work that you did with Michelle Obama, uh, uh, right? When she came and, and oh, co-edited. That was so great. Yeah. I mean, that was, I have to say, having Michelle Obama guest edit the issue of more that she did in 2015, the July, August issue was the highlight of my career. I mean, she is a genuine, amazing person, lovely human, smart, intelligent, a wonderful manager. And she did the whole thing. You know, unlike a lot of these stunts that people do where they have nothing to do with it and they slap their name on it, Mm. she did the entire thing. And we would go up and down to Washington and and to the point where her (laughs) – Her chief of staff at one point when we were photographing a couple of the stories down in the White House, she's standing around grousing and she says to me, if we had any idea how much work this is going to be, we would have said no. I said, well, "Well, what do you think I do all day? Like, do you think like I sit around and eat bonbons? It's hard work. It's hard work. work. Listen, hold that thought. We have to take another break. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Stay with us for the break. Dr. Mary and Richie will be with us for our Health Watch and Holly Dowling with our Leadership Watch. You're listening to Women to Watch. Now, the Women to Watch Health Watch. From Jefferson University Hospital, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. We recognize October as Breast Cancer Month, but remember, all cancer screenings are important. More people die from colon cancer than breast cancer, and we ladies lag behind men in getting colonoscopy. Studies show women delay because we have a longer to-do list, mammogram, GYN exams. We think it's a man's disease. No, it's equal in men and women. We're embarrassed and want a woman doctor to do the test? Well, we're here. Pink campaigns lead women to think mammogram and done. I'm here to convince you that having colonoscopy could save your life. Mammograms find early cancer. Colonoscopy finds and removes precancers. What could be easier? Three lessons for today. Number one, I know the prep is awful. Well, what's worse, drinking an annoying prep once every five or 10 years or getting surgery, chemo, and radiation? By the way, what used to be over a gallon is now half, only two liters, and great news, One company is launching a new prep that's only one liter, so no excuses. Number two, risks for gynecologic cancers and colon cancer are related. 
If you have uterine cancer before age 50 or ovarian under age 65, but especially 50, up goes the risk for colon cancer. And the reverse, if you have colon cancer at a young age, up goes your risk for uterine and ovarian cancers. Number three, we're finding colon cancer in younger people. At a recent meeting of the American College of Gastroenterology here in Philly, an Ohio State doctor reports an alarming trend in the rise in colon cancer in obese young people. We have to target obesity. I lecture to women's groups all over the city. I'd be happy to come to your women's group or church. Spreading the word to my fellow divas, get your colonoscopy. Because in the words of singer Megan Trainer, it's all about that base. Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley Hillsley Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's fhbaird.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610-238-6636. That's 610-238-6636. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch today. So a big buzzword that we're all hearing about a lot globally in the world of leadership, and many of you know this, we talk about diversity and inclusion, D&I, D&I, diversity and inclusion. It's a, it's a big topic and something that we've been talking about for many, many years, probably over two decades. The propensity and where this movement is going, and I'm seeing this with so many of my global clients, large and small clients, is we're starting to see a movement away from diversity and into total inclusion. So my question to you today is, are you an inclusive leader? How are you leading in every aspect of your life, especially with your teams and your organizations? And people ask, what is the difference between diversity and inclusion? And I have one simple answer to that. Diversity is being invited to the dance. Inclusion is being invited to dance. And when you pause and think about that, in all the years that we've spent really honoring and, and giving attention, it's not about not taking the attention off all these beautiful, brilliant, amazing, diverse people and groups. It's about saying, why are we keeping everybody in silos and in separate groups and on separate islands? Let's wrap our hearts and our arms and our minds around everyone. And let's be an inclusive leader, somebody that includes everybody and honors 
everybody's brilliance. Because to me, the most beautiful tapestry of diversity is the beautiful artwork when we see everyone's strengths coming to the table. So are you an inclusive leader? And if you're not, it's time to be. And where that begins is to begin thinking about the unconscious bias that you're mentally and emotionally leading through. So please, to learn more, reach out to me, hollydowling.com. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm having a great conversation this evening with Leslie Jane Seymour, the founder and CEO of Covey Club. And one of the wonderful experiences for Leslie in her past career was working with Michelle Obama, um, who co-edited the magazine a feature, or I should say the magazine, the whole magazine. The whole magazine. Yeah. Tell yeah. me, so I, you know, obviously it was a wonderful, positive experience. Was there anything she shared with you or said to you that you took away as a lesson and thought, I'm going to remember that? Oh, I just, I mean, everything, her seriousness of purpose. She didn't want to do anything that was not purposeful and her sense of giving back and when I interviewed her, I, I never really understood her. She was, you know, quite obsessed with um, making connections with young girls. Mm-hmm. And I remember sort of scratching my head in the beginning because I had to figure out, like, what I was going to write for the editor's letter. She wrote her own. Um, and I was like, what makes this woman tick? Why is she so interested in these girls? She has her own girls. But, you know, there's something else going on here. She's always bringing them into the White House, and she's showing them you know, all these levels of life. And these were kids, you know, from from not high-end circumstances. And I finally at one point figured out, and, and she explained it to me, that she saw herself in these kids. And she really did believe that, you know, that if, and she said this to me, she said, if I can be an inspiration to any kid in this room here who can suddenly dream bigger than, you know, hopefully just finishing the 12th grade and going to, you know, to work in the bodega, then I've done my job. Mm -hmm. And she did that around the world. I I went with her to launch um, Let Girls Learn, and I covered her in Japan and Cambodia. And you should have just seen how she connected with those young girls there. There was a joy there. There was a, and these girls were talking about the struggles that they had to learn, to get to school in the morning, the way that, you know, young girls around the world are treated, they have to get up in the morning, milk the cows, make the rice, make the breakfast for the family, then they can walk an hour to school. I know, you know, it is a different world. And she really wanted to impact the lives of those girls. And she did. So that was a really interesting thing. You know how you want to know what makes someone tick? Yes. And she really did believe and because that, you know, that got her to reach higher was, you know, seeing how somebody else could do something. And her saying, you know, she grew up in the south side of Chicago saying, maybe I can do something more than what everybody's telling me I that, can do. That, there you go. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you, because of course, that's one of my questions. What is behind sure. your drive? What, what, you know, one of my questions was, we, we read about and talk about and hear about personal brands. And, right. uh, you know, when you're connecting with other women, um, how would you describe your own? What is it that you hope is the outcome of all of the work that you do? 
Well, having done 25 years of psychotherapy, I know it's behind my drive. <laughs> so you've <laughs> okay. got an easy question here. Okay. Um, Share my that. My parents got divorced when I was 10, and my mother was the typical 50s wife where she had no real career. She had no real um, ability to take care of herself. And so I became the, the parent, basically, at 10. And basically, my whole motivation in life ever since then has been to help and prepare, prepare women to be independent, to take care of themselves, to not say that there are barriers, barriers in front of them that are so tremendous they can't get over them. And because I saw it firsthand, I saw how damaging it was to, you know, she was, you know, she was not able to necessarily get over all those issues she had. Mm. And today, we as women still have those issues, a lot of them. And we, I truly believe it is a mindset. And you can, if you plan, if you're careful, if you're smart, if you're wise, if you read, if you learn, you can take care of yourself and be an independent contributor to the world and to, you know, the economy. And that's what you should prepare to do. And I especially now with Covey Club and doing that for women 40 plus, because so many women 40 plus are being told you're useless. And especially when you get to 50, then they're telling you, you know what, you're over, you're old, we don't need your ideas anymore. We're going to look at the millennials. And guess what? It ain't true. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. No, it's know, just the beginning. It Leslie. is the It's beginning. just the beginning. It is the beginning. Yeah. Exactly. When we're older and wiser and really have the confidence to, um, you know, go after that, which brings us joy. Yes. And yep. now older women in the U.S. alone manage $19 trillion worth of money out there. There you go. So anybody who sits around saying it's all about the millennials, give them the 19 trillion instead. Okay. And guess what? I'm supporting those two millennials. I love them. Yes. I have two of my own. <laughs> they're not completely independent yet. Right. So, you know, we are a major economic force and it's a shame that the country has not woken up to that yet. Yeah. Well, I, they are slow, slow, but sure. You know, um, one of the things you said in, a, in another article I read was that your biggest stumbling block as an entrepreneur was having no one to delegate to. And and I can relate to that. So for a woman who might be listening, who's about to venture out on her own, how does someone overcome that early stage wearing all the hats when there's Ugh. no revenue yet? Oh, so God. Think it about is that for a second. Hard. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want you to, to talk about that a little bit. Sure. You're listening to Women to Watch. Stay with us for our Leadership Watch and Legal Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the Women to Watch, Legal Watch. In the wake of the Me Too movement, attention to sexual misconduct on college campuses is escalating. Harvard University recently reported an 87.8% increase over the same period in 2017. On a positive note, this upturn also reflects a greater number of students reporting sexual assaults. Also on a positive note is the increase in students with Autism Spectrum Disorder, or ASD, who are attending college. So, why do I mention this in a discussion on sexual assault? 
because those with ASD are vulnerable to allegations of sexual misconduct. For sexual activity to be legal, both parties must consent. A misunderstanding results when one doesn't pick up on the other's facial expression or body language. Students on the spectrum have a hard time navigating social relationships and reading social cues. They often miss indications the other person is not interested. The law governing sexual assault on college campuses is Title IX. A student may file a complaint of sexual misconduct. Even when no complaint is filed, if the school knows or reasonably should know of an incident of sexual misconduct, it must take steps to understand what occurred and to respond appropriately. Students on the spectrum coming up short on the consent cues are at a risk of committing non-consensual sex. We must prevent severely penalizing them for lacking the neurological capacity to understand social signals. That's why it's so important for schools to understand ASD and for students on the spectrum who are accused to seek assistance from a lawyer who understands autism. Attorney and leading autism expert Carol Weinman offers one-of-a-kind solutions to your legal and autism needs. Recognized nationwide as the one and only autism legal expert, Weinman delivers exceptional results. Weinman is a master at putting together pieces to create a remarkable outcome. Contact Weinman at 215-591-3614 or at autismlegal.com. That's autismlegal.com. Carol Weinman, the leading nationwide expert autism attorney. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks again for being with us this evening. I'm having a great conversation with Leslie Jane Seymour. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about that early stage for any entrepreneur when the revenue is not there yet and we need all the help we can get. What, what advice would you give to a woman listening who might be in that place? Well, gather your friends. This is when you're going to find out who your friends really are. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I've been very lucky. I have so many amazing friends who have so many specialties and so much expertise and they have jumped in to help. And, and how about your kids? My kids? Are you kidding? They're like, Mom, too late. No time. Sorry, I'll talk to you later. My my son is a web developer, and he's like, no, 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 no. I, I got to work on my own thing on the side. That's so funny because my daughter's a photographer, and I'm always asking her for some assistance. And she's way, way too busy in New York with, you know, her own stuff that's going on. Listen, let's talk about the Covey Club itself. You know, there's a lot of platforms and resources and books and organizations out there um, supporting women. Some are, you know, inspirational and educational and others um, are very um, actionable in connecting women to the right, the right resources, I guess I'll say, which is one of the things you do. And I love that. So tell me how you're different from the others. Well, the difference is, is that we are trying, I'm trying, my, 
in the entrepreneurial world, we call it the BHAG, which is the big, hairy, audacious goal. Okay. My goal is to connect 100,000 women across the U.S. at some point, maybe in like two or three years. That's the goal. So that whoever's part of the club, you will always find a woman like you in a city that you're going to. Okay. So you can go on our site on our Facebook page and say, hey, I'm going to be in San Francisco on Tuesday. Anybody want to grab a glass of wine? And you're going to meet somebody new who is either going to be a friend or a business partner and is already kind of pre-screened for being kind of in your kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. And we do that through content. A lot of my writers who came from More Magazine um, uh, found me and have come and are working for me for uh, because they love the content, and you, there are very few outlets now to write a, stories that are important to women like us. Mm-hmm. And we have a blog, so we have a monthly magazine. We also have podcasts, which is called Reinvent Yourself. It's all about reinvention, where I talk to women 40-plus about how they did it. We've got thousands of podcasts out there about the 20-somethings and how they did it, but we are actually the ones who are really doing it. And do you know that the average age of an entrepreneur in the U.S. is actually 39, not 20, and that women actually create a better return on revenue than men do when they go out on their own as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So we give tips and tricks. And then we also do events live and virtual. And we'll do everything from a makeover with uh, Giorgio Armani's uh, makeup artist. Um, in Bloomingdale's um, with 55 women and you get your makeup redone and we talk about, you know, anti-aging makeup tricks all the way to virtual online salons that I do, which are really like panels, but virtual over Zoom network where I bring in two experts and we will talk about everything from age appropriate dressing to do you want to be an angel investor and how does that work? So you're learning, you're connecting, you're meeting in real life, and you're meeting virtually, and you're using content as a discussion point. Mm. So you're really covering all the bases, you know, for women, you know, in both their personal lives and in their professional careers. Yes, we do beauty, sex, health, relationships, um, sleep is such a big topic, Mm. dressing, and I cover all the lifestyle, but there is heavy emphasis. I'll tell you what people come to us for a lot is reinvention. Okay, Because great. that is one of the big issues that women face. I mean, let's be honest. If you live long enough, you're going to run into some need to reinvent yourself. That's right. And it may be because of a health issue. It may be because you lost a job or you're about to lose a job or you're getting pushed out or pink slipped or something like that. Mm-hmm. It may be you're being widowed or you're just empty nest. And you're saying, okay, what am I going to do next? Yeah. And we're living longer. In 1900, the average age for a woman was 47. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've got this whole long stretch after the kids are gone, after, you know, you've lived that first round of career, you've got a long stretch to say, hey, what do I want to do with this? And our generation is just not saying, I want to go to a beach somewhere and play cards. No. We want to yeah. be busy and, and, and have yes, fun. Contribute. contribute. And contribute. That's there's right. A big, there's a big desire out there, not for everybody. There, there are a lot of people who want to continue to cr- contribute. They've got a lot of expertise. They've learned a lot. 
and we're not done. Yeah. We're not walking away from the table. So Leslie, that's what Covey Club's all about. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, you know, you've you've stated that you want this to be small and cozy and intimate instead yes. of a large, you know, instead of large and impersonal. What yes. is your business model that allows you to do that, to remain more intimate? Well, because what we're doing is small things. We're not doing it on an ad basis. A lot of the other uh, sites out there that are content-based, what they do is they just look for ads. Right. So what they're doing to please their advertisers, they have to keep growing 10%, 10%. So they have to put out clickbait. Those are all the things you click on, and then there's really no story. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that, so I would rather write the things that you really want to read about, and I'm not trying to get you just to click. Right. I'm getting you to be satisfied with what it is that you're reading and things you really care about. And then we do smaller, more intimate things. We'll bring in sponsors. You know, for It could be an event with 30 people, 50 people, 100 people. But we're not going for thousands and thousands. Okay. It's just a different model. They don't need me. The world is full of those big, giant things. There you go. Yeah, I like and that. I like that. I think people are looking a, more for intimacy in, the, they, in those types of things. They are. And yeah. women are feeling extremely isolated. The more that we pretend to connect through social media and the more that everything is automated, remember, Today, you don't even, you probably could spend a whole week with never ever talking to anybody. Yeah. You can check out your, your, uh, from your supermarket without even talking to a salesperson. Yeah. You can go to the gas station without ever talking to the guys filling up your tank. You, you may not contact anybody for a, a whole week. And that is kind of where we're at. And it's this horrible, disconnected, lonely, feeling at a time in your life where you need people. Yeah, I think so it's great. Yeah, Leslie, it's great. Reason. And so I want everyone to check out Covey Club. It's coveyclub.com. Thanks so Thank much you. for sharing your story. And Thank uh, you. Yeah, continued success. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Take care. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso of Pathways Consulting Group. This week, I'll be continuing my series on the technology evolution and its positive impact on the Gen Z when it comes to social media and the Gen Z girl. For reference, Gen Z is anyone born between 1995 to mid-2000s. It's estimated the amount of users on social media sites is approximately 2.6 billion. The average Gen Z girl spends as much as three to four hours online a day. That's a conservative number. They use social media for a variety of things. They could be using Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. These are all the common social media sites that almost every adult knows about. Then there are sites adults are disconnected from like Tinder, Finsta accounts, or Visco. The way they use the sites is culturally different than what I knew growing up. One tremendous difference, I wouldn't be caught dead taking a selfie with my Kodak camera and hanging it anywhere. My peers would have thought that odd and that I was conceited. Social media is the forum used by Gen Z girls to hang out and stay connected. They build their profile and create the image of how they want to be portrayed. They talk to friends, join groups, and meet new people. They express themselves, share and research information, share thoughts, ideas, news about themselves and others. They post photos of them and their friends, pets, relatives. They share where they are in the moment, like the mall, detention, sporting events, and all this information is viewed and shared by followers. They can feel less isolated and informed, learn about cultural ideas from all parts of the world, and bond with friends across the states and oceans. They can get involved with fundraising and stay up to date on current events and see what's happening locally and globally. 
they can learn new skills and believe it or not, become more equipped for the modern workplace of the future. Because they don't know a world without smart devices, this connection they have through social media is an instant part of their lives. Next week, I'll talk about the negative impacts this could have. I'm Mary at PathwaysCG.com. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much, as always, to our sponsors and contributors for helping us to tell the real story behind her title. Here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Have a great week, everyone. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.